0: This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Perfect. We have parak So the word rav really means it's almost like it's enough for me. That's enough. That's all I needed to hear. Yosef, my son, is still alive. I'm going to go and see him before I die. The Yosef is you know, so excited, so happy that Yosef at Sadek is still alive. He says, I'm going to go see him before I die. Everything should be all good. The Rabbin of says this is the first time in a long time that Yaakov is known as Yisrael. Because he had just gotten his Ruach HaKodesh back. Up until this point for the last 22 years, although he had some form of connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he didn't have his level of Ruach HaKodesh. He was called Yaakov until that point, like a lower level, as if he didn't have his high level of Yisrael. He didn't become that Yisrael itself. But even after this, even though he's called Yisrael from now on because he had that level of Ruach HaKodesh, he's still also called Yaakov because it's not like Avraham. Avraham Avinu, we never call him Avram ever again. Lo Avram. El Avram. Your name is Avraham, not Avram. By Yisrael, you can call him Yaakov, and it's not that big of a deal. So we still have it, but the name Yisrael indicates that he got his Ruach HaKodesh back. It's come back for good, that he can have the word and the name Yisrael with him at all times. That's what it means to have the word, to have that Ruach HaKodesh together with him. Rashi says, the word Rav is not connected to Od Yosef B'Nichai. There's Rav, and then there's Od Yosef B'Nichai. Rashi says, I have more than enough there's simcha and there's joy in my life. I have more than enough now that I know that Yosef, my son, is still alive. It's not Rav owed Yosef and It's Rav. There's so much in my life now that owed Yosef and that Yosef etzadek, my son, is still alive. But what was the real simcha here? Why was he so happy that Yosef etzadek is alive? What was so big about that? Now, granted, your son is alive. He thought he was dead and he's alive. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. But the Chassam says there was so much more. In Torah's Moshe, he says Yaakov needed one of his sons to have the strength and the means to defeat Esav. And that's going to be really hard. He needs to have one son that's going to be on that level. Yosef had had never bowed to Esav. He stood up straight, stood up straight right in front of his mother before Esav, did not allow Esav to stare at his mother, didn't allow that to happen, stood up right in front and refused to bow. See, he was never subservient for Asaph So Yaakov, knew the person who would be able to do this, who would be able to stand in front, will always be, will always be Yosef Atzadik. At That's going to be the person here. But now that Yosef is gone, who's going to fight? Who's going to fight? See, if Yosef's here, we have Yoshua to fight a Amalek. But who's going to be after that? Only Binyamin. So he wanted Binyamin to stay with him at all times. Because if Binyamin was ever subservient to a non-Jew, if Binyamin ever had to bow down to a non-Jew, then also, Binyamin wouldn't be ready for this. Yosef is gone, and Binyamin was gone. And then he'd have a major, major issue. What are we going to do about all this? So, says the Taurus Moshe, says the Khsam Sofer, when Binyamin had to go to Egypt and bow down before the leader there, Yaakovinu was very, very troubled. Who's going to be my guy in order to stand? In front of Esav. Who's going to be the person? Yosef's gone. Binyamin is now bowing down to a non-Jew. Who's going to be my guy that's going to st- stand in front of Esav and be able to knock down Esav? I don't have Binyamin. I don't have Yosef. When he found out that Yosef at Sadek was still alive and that Binyamin had bowed to him, then he knew he had both. He had Binyamin and he had Yosef. Whenever he needed something, if he needed Yosef to fight against Malik, like Yoshua, he had it. If he needed Binyamin to fight against Malik, like Mordecai, he had it. That was the ecstatic part of, of ya- Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu knew he would have no problems in the future. He had Yosef to choose from and Binyamin. Neither one of them were ever subservient to any other nation. That made it something much, much stronger. Yes, Matthew? You said the reason that Yosef stood up and didn't bow was so that Asa would look at uh, Rachel. Yeah. No, 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 way before. Way before. before. When they met Asaph, way before, when Rahul was still alive. No, no, no. What I mean is, if Rahul already dead at this point, then does that mean that that's not going to be the thing in the future? That Yosef would then. No, no, no. no. It just meant he stood up and he didn't bow down when all the other brothers were bowing. All the other brothers and all the other mothers, and even Yaakov Avinu, bowed before Asaph. But Yosef didn't. So therefore, he knew that Yosef was going to be powerful when those things were going to happen in the future. That he knew was going to happen. Yes. Chushim ben Dun is the one that killed him. That's 100% correct. Because even though he was the son of Dun who bowed down to Esav, but Chushim ben Dun stands for the letters of Mashiach, and therefore he was powerful enough to be able to do such a thing. That's another story for another time, though. When Esav met Yaakov on the road, he used the words, Yeshli Rav Achi. When he met him on the road and they met with the 400 men, etc., Yeshli Rav Achi, I've got a lot, my brother. Yaakov used the words Yeshli Kol. He urged him to take the gifts that he gave him, the sheep and the goats and the cows and the donkeys and the camels. And he said, Yeshli kol. I have everything. Asav is defined as a person who is rav. He always has a lot, but he wants more. If he has the opportunity to get more, he's going to take more. That is what Asav stands for. Yaakov Avinu stands for someone who has everything he needs. And any time that he wants something more, he says, that's enough. That's enough for me. I don't need anything more than that. Yaakov is a kol. Esav is a Rav. That's the difference before them. That means that Yaakov said the following, since I'm going to be able to fight Esav, since I'm going to be able to knock down Esav, Rav is the word he uses over here. Rav, Esav, you are going down. The person who is the man of Rav, the person who's not a kol, who's a Rav, yesh li something more. Od yosef and ichai. That's what I have Yosef Atzarik over here. Rav, you can't win. Rav, you've met your match. That's the concept behind it. This comes from the Marai, but it's also in the Megali Amukos, Sor Latevinotzer, Plozat Torah. It's interesting. Says the, the Megali Amukos, Yosef Atzarik is the only person in the Torah to have a Samech, the only Shevet, I should say, that has a Samech in his name. The Samach stands for the Satan, although obviously it's a sin and not a Samach. They're interconnected with one another, says the Megale Mukos, because the one to go up against the Satan is specifically Yosef at And that's the idea behind it. That's why he said, Yeshli Rav The word Rav refers to exactly this, that he's going to be able to fight Esav. The Chesam Supra says it's possible that the Rav refers to Yaakov himself, even though up until now I've been a coal. Up until now, Yaakov said, I've always had everything I wanted and more. I've never asked for anything more. I have everything I need. In this case, says the Chesam Sofer, Rav is himself. Now I want something. For the first time in Yaakov Inu's life, and I don't know if it ever happened after this, for the first time in Yaakov Inu's life, there's something that he wants from Akarish Baruch Hu. What does he want? To see his son. He took on the midah of Esav, the Mida of Rav, to say, I'm going to ask for something, Akarish Baruch Hu. I want something more. I want to see something. And that's the idea behind it. He went into that level of Rav and changed everything. Targum Yonason says this whole thing was part of a bigger tefillah, a bigger tefillah that he wanted, where Yaakovinu said, Hashem has done so much for me, HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done so much for me, he saved me from the hands of Esav, from the hands of Lavan, from the hands of the Canaanim who chased after me after Shechem was destroyed. There was a huge war that we barely know about, right, that happened with the people of Shechem. was only one wish that I always had to see Yosef again alive and well. Finally, I get to do it, and that's what I'm going to do before I die, and that's the rav. Hakadosh Baruch Hu, Can you imagine how much you've done for me? The lesson from this targum Yonasan is something so simple. When you feel that you're thinking Hakadosh Baruch Hu, mention things specifically. When you go through your Tfila and you say in Modim Modi lo Hashem instead of saying a general speaking, Al it's so much better to have a little index card or a piece of paper that has down in it 10 different things that you could think of Kadesh for from what he did just yesterday or from the day before, within the last week. You write down certain things that are specific and then all of a sudden your tefillah becomes a little bit more powerful. And that's the idea of what it's saying from the Targum Yonason. Targum Yonason is saying, this is all part of a huge tefillah. He's saying to the Kaddish let me list off for you all the things you've done for me. Rav, they are so many, so many. Now, Yaakovina could have looked at this and he could have said, for 22 years you made me suffer when Yosef was still alive the whole time. And I didn't know where he was. For 22 years, you wouldn't give me Ruach HaKodesh? And I lost out on that opportunity of Ruach HaKodesh? He could have complained about it. But instead he said, Rav HaKodesh Baruch you've done so much. Way too much for me. Listing them off on his fingers and finally saying, I have everything I need. Which is awesome. Absolutely awesome. But that's the idea behind it. Yes? Yaakov only what? I would assume for the last 22 years. Right? This is what he wanted. He just assumed that he was dead. So now that he hears about him, he says, Yes, I want to see my son alive. So, yeah, the last 20 years, no. Him yeah, that's what he wanted right then. You know what I'm saying? Like, up until that point, there was nothing he could do. He didn't know. That's the kingdom of the Torah, say a really weird answer. The word Rav is like Ravachovel. Ravachovel is the leader of a boat. The person in charge of the boat who's in charge of everything. So here's what happened. This is what happened. All the Shvatim told Yaakov Avinu that Yosef was still alive, right? Serach Bas serenaded him with a little harp, right? They said, Yosef is still alive. (laughs) And then afterward, the Shvatim came in and said, yes, Yosef is still alive. And Yaakov Avinu still didn't believe them, says the tour and the the Das until he went, until he went straight to the Rav the wagon driver. The wagon driver who brought them there and said, Tell me the truth. I don't trust any of these people. Is Yosef alive or not? That's the Rav. Rav is what he said. He said, Rav, Mr. Wagon Driver. Od Yosef Ben Ichai, is my son still alive? And when he said yes, when the guy said yes, he said, Ilchovarenovatar Moose. Then I'm gonna go, I'm gonna meet him before I die. Isn't that an amazing shot? The Rav is referring to the person that he was talking to who he trusted more than the Shvatim at this moment. That's the idea behind it over here. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why I he said. Alive, I don't trust him. They, you know, right, 100%. them. Right. hundred percent. It was, he understood it as, I'll ask this guy. I'm going to ask this guy. And Rob refers to that guy, that guy that he asked. He's, he's rushed bomb has two explanations. One now is, is that he said, I disbelieved this great news for long enough. Cause at first he was skeptical. He said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then he finally he said, Rob, that's enough. I believe it. Ode Yosef and Echai. That he said, I really believe it. That's the Rosh first explanation. And the second explanation is, you're telling me that he's a king in Egypt and he has everything out there and he's in charge of the whole nation. It would be enough for you to tell me that Yosef was alive. You didn't have to tell me anything more than that. Like they were all standing there screaming their heads off. Like it's amazing. Yosef is the greatest man in Mitzrayim. Yosef is feeding the entire world. He's the mashbir lacholama arets. He's all this stuff. And Yosef, Yaakov, turned to the brothers and just said, Rav owed Yosef and Ichai. It would be enough to tell me that Yosef's still alive. Unlike Rashi where he says, Rav Kama or the way we just said with the tour of the Dasakanim, Rav Kama, or any of those other Pshatim, this is Rav Ravodyosabinikai. It's enough to know that he's alive. I don't need anything else. That's all I want. That's all it is. The Dasakanim, the chiskuni, the Rabbeinu B'chaya the Shah, the Kliakar, the Malbin, the Tsefus Vracha all say the exact same thing. I don't need to know anything more than that. And the truth is, I think that's true by anybody. You don't need to know all the added stuff. Just tell me that he's alive, that's all I need. That's the idea of Rav Od Yo Zabinikai. The Chsam Sober Torah's Moshe says Yaakov you know, now got back his Ruach HaKodesh. He had no Ruach HaKodesh up until this point. Now he got some Ruach HaKodesh. And he saw that Yosef and Yehuda were going to split the kingdom of Kla They were going to split the kingdom of Kla And Yaakov and actually got upset. Yosef is a king? That's not a good thing. Because that means the real king, Yehuda, will not be able to be the leader in Mitzrayim. And that's why when you, Yaakov, you know, goes to Mitzrayim, what does he do? He sends Yehuda ahead to Goshen to become the Rosh Hashiva, says Rashi. sends him ahead to make a Yeshiva in Goshen and make him Rosh Hashiva. You know why he sent him ahead? Because even when Yosef's king, you need Yehuda to be in charge as well. And he said, this isn't the greatest thing. Rav Odiyosef bin Ichai says the Psalms over is, I wish he was only alive, but not a king. Yosef as a king is sometimes scary. The first king from Shevet Yosef, from Ephraim, was Yeravim ben Evat. I know technically Yoshua, if you count Yoshua as a king, as a chassam sofer in Orachaim in his shalos that she was in that goes through this. But really, the first king that we have in Klai Yisrael is from Ephraim, ben Avot. You had Shalom, Melech, and David, and Shlomo, and they were Chavim, And Yeruvim ben Avot came up. And Yeruvim was horrible for Klai Yisrael, making Egle azav, making up Chagim Milibo in the middle of Cheshvan, these little Chagim in the middle. Says Yaakov, you know, I'm happy that he's alive and well. He should not be king. Yosef being king is not what Klai Yisrael needs. That's not where we're heading. We want Yud over there. That's the idea of what he said over here. It's almost like, you know, the Bubby line, right? It's enough he has to be king. It's enough that he's alive. Does he have to be king as well? Like, that sort of a thing. Like, it's just not necessary. That's the idea behind it. The Chesam Sofer in Drosho says an unreal idea here. He says the power of Mitzrayim is in the hands of the Malach of Mitzrayim. Malach of Mitzrayim has a few names. But one of the names of the Malach of Mitzrayim is Rahav. Resh-hei-bez. Rahav is the Malach of Mitzrayim. Listen to this Psalm Sofer, it's amazing. It's hinted to in the Rashi Tevos of Rodfeim Hishlachta Bim bimsolos. Those who chased after them, you threw into the sea. Rodfeim Hishlachta Bim is Reshe Bez. Yosef was able to break the power of that Malach and give out the bar, Lishbor bar, to give out the grain to everyone who came down to Mitzrayim. Anyone who came down Mitzrayim, bar was given over to them. Yosef saw this. Yaakov, I'm sorry, saw this in the lowest form of Ruach HaKodesh. Because he didn't have real Ruach HaKodesh when Yosef HaTzadik left. But he saw something. And he saw, he told the Shvatim, Yeshever B'Mitzrayim. Listen to this. It's brilliant. Yosef Atsadik was able to take the power of the Malach Rahav. He was able to take out the rash and the Bays of Rahav take that Kedusha, and use it to give out food in Mitzrayim. His power to go in charge is to take the powers of the Mitzrayim that were around him, grab it for himself, use it for Kedusha, and thus give out Bar in Mitzrayim. (laughs) Does everybody see how those words are together? I know it's coincidental that the word Bar is there. But that's the idea behind it over here. Yaakov, saw this and said, Yesh Shever B'Mitzrayim. There's a breakage in Mitzrayim. Something's wrong in Mitzrayim. He saw that the Malach of Mitzrayim, Rav, was broken up into pieces, into reish bays and hay. He saw that, but he didn't know what it meant. So he told the Shvatan, go down there. Something's going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it's referring to. Something's happening over here. Not only that, but Yosef was also able to take the hay of the Malach for himself. Which is why he was able to become the king over all of Mitzrayim. He's able to become king all over Mitzrayim because he took the hay. So listen to this. He takes the Reish Bays and he gives it to the people. He takes the Bar and he gives it over to the people. He takes the hay for himself. Everybody knows Yosef Atarik at is not just his name. What was Yosef also known as? Yeah? Yehosef. Yehosef with the hay. He took on the hay for himself. He broke up the mallow completely. He took Reish Bays and gave it to over the Mitzrayim. He took the hay and he took it for himself. And thus he took on all of that Kedusha. When Yaakov Avinu got his Ruach HaKodesh back, he got all of his Ruach HaKodesh back, and he saw what Yosef Avinu, was, Yosef Atzarek was able to do. He broke the Malach HaMitzrayim, took the hay for himself, gave out the bar to everybody else. That's why he said, Rav, Rav and Echai. Rav, Yosef Atzadik was able to take that Reish Beis from the Malach and use it toward everybody else. He couldn't believe it. He said, "Elcha E'leich, Hay." I want to go see the hay that Yosef took for himself, the arenu b'terem and I'll see it before I die. Elcha is spelled aleph lamed, chaf, hay. It shouldn't be spelled the way. It should be elech. What does Elcha mean? I will go with a hay at the end? Should be Eyleich barenu. No, it's hey. I will go to the hey. I'm going to see that hey B'Taram everybody hear that idea? It's beautiful. It's literally a beautiful pshat. The Igor de Kawa says, he speaks about it at length. He said, this is why Yaakov, said Shema when he first saw Yosef at tzaddik, when he first looked at Yosef at tzaddik, when a person is Moser Nefesh, literally brings himself to the next level. All the way up there, Shema is about that mysterious nefesh. He says, Vodenu chai. There are 18 different mentions of Hashem's name in Kriya together. Yaakov saying, I'm going to help Yosef. I'm going to give Yosef extra strength when I go down to Mitzrayim. I'm going to be there for him to build him up and allow him to be there. So he said, Shema, he gave him a little bit more mysterious nefesh, a little bit of power so that Yehosef could remain Yehosef. That he wouldn't lose the hay that he got from the Malach. That he would continue to be the Kadosh man that he was and as a side note, do you guys notice that idea? Yehuda is awesome because he has Hashem's name within his name Yud, He, Vav and a He at the end with a dalit in the middle he's got Hashem's name within him so even within Yehuda's power, there's like this power of Akkadosh Baruch Hu helping him, giving him Siyat HaDishmai wherever he goes Lev Melachim, Biyad Hashem, the heart of the kings are with Akkadosh Baruch Hu. Yosef also had it now if you add on the hey, it's yud Hevav. Now, granted, he didn't have the last hey because he's not meant to be the final hey, which is Mashiach and stuff like that. He had yud Hevav, but he had something. He had the, Yeho- the, the yud Hevav of a Kadesh Baruch Hu's name within his name. Everything was there. Yaakovinu was only helping him by giving him the powers of creation, or the powers of Mysterious Nefesh. And Yosef at Tzadik remained king in Mitzrayim for the next 71 years with that power the Yaakovinu gave him. 71 years he became king. He remained king, which is absolutely amazing. Rabino B'chaya, Megali Mukos, and the Kliyuker all say Yaakovin was promised. If all 12 of his children live to the point of Yaakov's death, if all 12 surround his mita at his death, if they're there at the time of his death, Yaakovin was promised he would never see the entrance to Gehenna. He would never see it. He would never go to Gehenna. This is the bracha of Tehillim Lamed Aleph Beis, where it says, Ma Rav Tuvcha at How great is the good things that you have hidden for those who fear you. Rav Tuvcha. The Rav that's there. That's the Rav over here, and it was hinted to the word Rav in this Pasuk. Rav, I get to go back to Olam Haba, said Yaakov. Inu. I thought it was out. I thought it wasn't promised Olam Haba. I thought it was going to have to go to Gehenna. But now that Yosef's alive, he's going to be there at my death. He's going to be there at my deathbed. Rav, I have the Rav back. Ode Yosef benichai, because my son Yosef is still alive. Says the Rabbin of in the Megali Mukos. that's what he's saying over here. And the, uh, the ode refers to the future. That something great is going to happen in the future. Ode, in the future, there will be more for me. There's going to be added on things to me. And that's it. And the truth is, I think we all see this sometimes. When we're in the throes of pain, T-H-R-O-E-S. Okay, not with a W inside there. When you're in the throes of pain and things are happening, then it seems like all, it's horrible. There's just, there's nothing to talk about. You don't want to talk about what's happening at that time. But at the end, it seems like it was all worth it because you forget what it was like going through that pain. Maybe you have little moments where you have traumatic experiences based on the pain that you went through, but at the very end, when you're, I want to say healed, when you feel good about it, when the baby is born, and again, I've never been a lady giving birth, so I don't want anybody telling me, like, well, you've never been through it. I understand that completely, but the idea is, and I'm pretty sure my wife feels this way, maybe nobody else does, right, that it was all worth it at the end, even though it was crazy pain in the beginning. Nobody, especially me, wants to hold a bowling ball that's 10 pounds in their stomach, for nine months. I, I, I mean, maybe it's not nine months. because whatever, right? But two months, just <laughs> say that. And I think that's part of the reason why guys never become pregnant, right? Because we know we wouldn't go through with it. <laughs> we just can't. We wouldn't be able to handle it. Just take a 10-pound bowling ball and put it in your stomach and just hold it like that and walk around for a, for a minute. <laughs> it's the most annoying thing in the world, right? And it's more than that because it's a placenta as well. It's just annoying. It's just absolutely annoying. It's just you wouldn't do it. This idea is, is that at the very end, it's worth it. At the very end, it's all worth it. But you don't realize it at the time. At the time, it's Gehenim. At the very end, it's all there. So Yaakovine looked up at a Kurdish Hu and says, Now I get it. Now I get everything. How great is everything good that you've hidden for your, your, your feared ones, those who fear you? At the end, at the end, it's awesome. That's the idea behind it. And I think that's why the word safanta is used. Where do you see that word? Elsewhere. Think of the word. Come on, you have this. I know you have it. Look at the shoresh. You got to see this word there. Yeah. Oh, so good. Safnaspanach is 100% correct, but that wasn't what I'm looking for. It's a word related to the word Safnas the word Safnas. Okay, I'll hint it to you. The Pesach stater. Oh, think of the stater. Okay, hold on. Kaide Urchatz, Karbaz, Yachatz, Magid, Rachza, Moti, Matza, Maror, Karech, Shulchan, Orech. There you go, you got it. That's awesome, Avi, Good job. Safun <laughs> is right there. Safanta Liriacha is all about what's hidden for you in the end. It's all about the Afikomen being eaten at the end, referencing Mashiach. The word Safanta is that I only see this at the very end. At the end of 22 years, I saw it. I didn't see it before it. So the whole line of Ma Rav, Tuvcha, Asher Safanta Liriacha is referring to Yaakov, you know, getting everything good at the very end, at the Safun moment. I got Rav. I got everything I needed for it to go well. And it's even more so. Avram Avinu is given a choice. Avram Avinu is told by Akadosh Baruch during the Brisbane of Asarin, would you rather have Gehenim for your children or would you rather be promised Gullus? Do you want them to have this world and in the next world they'll be punished? Would you rather them be punished in this world or get the reward in the next world? What do you want? It's either or. They either get Gullus in this world or gehenim in the next What do you, what do you prefer? And said Avram Avinu, I want Gullus in this world. Give me Gullus. Give me Gullus. And that, therefore, Avinu stands outside the entrance to Gehenna, keeping all Jews who have the bris milah right, intact. He allows those Jews to go straight to Ghanedin. Even if they deserve Gehenna, Avinu doesn't let them in because he chose that. Yaakovinu didn't know what he chose. So when Yosef died, he thought he was going to Gehenna. He thought he wasn't going to be anywhere else. Now that he sees that Yosef is alive and they're all going to Gullus, because they're all going down to Mitzrayim. So he turns and he's like, I got it. I'm going to have Gullus in this world, but I won't have Gehenim in the next world. And he understood it now. That's when he said, Rav b'nichai. That's what he understood it as. He realized that he's going to have Gullus instead of Gehenim. That's going to be the choice behind it. The Ksav Sofer says, "Rab" refers to the greatness of Yosef at Tzaddik. The Mejr says that Yaakov praised his son Yosef for going through all the pain in Mitzrayim and remaining at Tzadik. Tell me, who in the world could go through jail? In jail in Mitzrayim, we're talking about a pit in the ground, a lime pit in the ground, in the land of Egypt, for 12 years and remain at Tzadik. 12 years! I tried, I, again, I don't know if I could go a day in jail. I'm pretty sure I wouldn't last a day, and I'm a pretty strong guy as you can clearly see right i'm pretty strong willed and and physically speaking i'm a you know pretty sure, right, but there's no way I am surviving a day, I was just listening, to and the radio, not so long, ago, 780, today, I had a guy called out, they said, the first thing you got to do is, you're going to get into a fight in your first day in jail, I don't remember why it came up, right, but you're going to get into a fight in your first day of jail, and you just got to fight, you got to fight it out, no matter how big the guy is, no matter how small you are, you just do it, or else you're going to get beaten up the rest of the days there, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to jail, I'm just not doing it, there's no way I am ever going there, I mean, I do have my fisticuffs, but like, I just, don't think that's ever going to happen. So I've got to keep myself as far away from there as possible. Says the Ksav Sofer. Rav is praising his son, looking at his son and saying, how could it be? How could it be? How did he get this great? Where did Yosef get this from? That he was so great, he couldn't believe it. He just couldn't believe it. And then he heard that he had an even bigger niece. Style. See, it's one thing to be great and remain at Sadiq when you go to jail. It's yet another thing to go from jail to riches, from rags to riches, in one second, to become from a no one in a pit, languishing in jail with nothing to do, and then all of a sudden rising up to become the king of all of Mitzrayim, the most powerful man in the country, with all of the money at his disposal, and then remaining a tzaddik. That's even greater. How do you do that? Said Yaakov Avinu, this doesn't make any sense. People who are really poor and then all of a sudden become really, really wealthy do not do well. Just ask any lottery winner from anyone who lives in West Virginia. It doesn't work. It just doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen. You see these crazy horror stories. I thought it was a good idea to give Lamborghinis to everyone in my town. Right? It just doesn't happen. You don't do well when things like that happen. I heard that the NFL, in the first year, the rookies that come in, they have a three-day session in which they bring in financial advisors to bring them in, to talk to these guys. You are going to be very wealthy right now. You're going to go from nothing to something. You have to be careful with your money. Do not say yes to anybody who gives you an offer of like, oh, I can run a restaurant. Don't say yes. It's your money. You deal with it. You have to invest because your career is going to be X amount of years. You have to do something with it. And it's brilliant. The NFL should be doing that. Save your investments. Do what you need to do. This is what he was so worried about. And this is what Yaakov said. It's Rav, Ode Yosef B'nichai. He has so much, and yet still Yosef Chai, my son Yosef, was able to live and be a tzaddik? I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. After all this, he remained a tzaddik. That's the most unbelievable thing in the world. Yalke Ruvani brings a really strange medrash. He brings to the Megali Amukas again, that when Moshe was told he wouldn't go to Eretz Yisrael, he was told, you're not going to go to Eretz Yisrael. he was told the words Rav Loch, Rav Loch." That's enough, Moshe. Says the Megali Rav you have a Rebbe, Yosef Atzadik. What does that mean? What's the Mejish? What does that mean exactly? Why would Yosef be the reason that he doesn't enter Eretz Yisrael? I don't have a full answer for this, but I think my idea behind it is is that Yosef Atzadik should show Moshe Rabbeinu be happy with what you have, and whatever Hashem gives you, it'll all be okay in the end. Yosef Atzadik was sitting in jail. And sitting with not, no hopes, no, pro, no prospects at all. And in a second, he's brought out of jail and brought to become king. So even though Moshe Rabbeinu says, what's going on here? I want to go into Eretz Yisrael. I don't want to sit outside, standing, sitting on a mountain, waiting and waiting and waiting for Tchiyas And Yosef Atzadik told him that Rebbe told the student, the Rav, Yosef, told the student Moshe Rabbeinu, it's going to happen in a second. In one second, Mashiach comes. In one second, it'll all make sense. In one second, Tchiyas Mason will happen and you'll be alive and you'll go to Eretz Yisrael. Don't worry, Rav Lach. Everything's going to be good for you. There's another bunch from the Megalah so I'm going to skip most of those over there. There's a Chidol over here that also goes through crazy gematrias and ideas from the word ode and B'ni chai, etc., and everything like that, but we're going to skip that as well. Miam and the Yelker number 23, says Yaakov did not just want to go down to Mitzrayim. It wasn't like he just wanted to see Yosef Tzadik. He couldn't believe Yosef was a tzaddik, so he said, "I want to go down the erenu. I will see him." You know why? Because Yaakov Avinu understood chokmas You Know what Chochmas apartsu is? Chokmas is the wisdom to understand a person's sins from their forehead. You just look at the forehead of a person, you can see what they've done right and what they've done wrong. It's a chokma that very few people know. I certainly don't know it. Although one time I really wanted to do it, and I saw a book on it. And I was I really wanted to buy it, and then I realized, wait, I'm not. This is not me. This should not be me. Maybe at forty, but like not yet, right? And that's chokma yeah, is there. Like, every time you talk to somebody, it would be awesome. Yeah, but, you'll, but do you? Really I like seriously again? I Told you, <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, uh, Muster would be much better. That would be so much better. Like Muster Seder would just be going around saying like, oh, come on. Right? I, I, that, that's that. That's all it would be. It would be amazing. I, I would be giving the greatest mussel ever. Greatest ever. The that's the idea. I'm sorry? You look in the mirror you're, like, oh. you look in the mirror and you're just like, oh, I've got nothing. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it doesn't work on you, right? I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Either way, she says there's an ability to see these things on people. And Yaakov wanted to go down to Mitzrayim to see it. He wanted to look at Yosef at face and see the tzidkus. He wanted to look at it himself. Special, great people were able to do it. And that's why he said, I want to see him before I die, himself, before I die myself. That's that. Then Itziv says he never planned on going to Mitzrayim. Hashem told him he had to go down to Mitzrayim. He just said, I want to go closer to him. And Taramos, I'll go down at some point before I die. If I don't need to go down now, he just went to Be'er Sheva to be closer to him. In the end, he knew he had to go down, but that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky says, so what did keep him? What did hold Yosef at Tzadik and allow him to remain at Tzadik during all this time? And Yaakov, knew it, says Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, it's the limud that he learned in Yeshiva's shame Aver. One of the things that Yaakovinu taught his son Yosef while they were together, remember, he had private sessions with Yosef that the other shvatim were not privy to. The other shvatim didn't even know this was happening. There were private sessions that they were together. And in these private sessions, while that was going on, you know what he was doing? He taught him the Torah of Yeshiva's shame Ever. What is Torah's shame Ever? Torah's shame Ever says of Yaakov, is the ability to live among other people that are not like you and not just survive, but live with them. To really be a part of that world, be a part of them, and still succeed. To grow even in the darkness. To grow even among people that are not like you. To be a shame among people that were not shamed. Be an Aver like that as well. she was Aver sort of flawed in that way because they (laughs) didn't do outreach. The difference between them is that they didn't go out and convince other people. Like, they were the ones who stayed to themselves and became like that. And that was a problem for that world and the Bnei Noah. They needed people like Shanaver and they didn't have it. Avram was the first one to really go out and do it. That's right. That was a flaw. But the Torah that they had kept them solid even when bad things were happening. And Yosef Tzedek had that. So when he went out, he was able to do such a thing. And that's the idea behind this idea, Rav. I have a great reward waiting for me, said Yaakovinu. Rob, there's a lot waiting for me because I'm the one who helped Yosef remain at Tzaddik. I'm the one who gave him all the power that he needed. That's what I was able to do. That's an amazing, amazing thing. There's an old Aria here, but we're going to try to skip it to go to something toward the end. Um, there's an orachimicologist as well. Tam says, something seems a little wrong here. Yaakovinu clearly wants to see Yosef, right? And then when he gets there, everybody knows what happened, right? Yosef gets off the chariot. In front of Yaakovinu, and then what does Yaakovinu do when he first sees Yosef Etzadik? He says Shema. He puts his hand on top of his eyes, and he says Shema Yisrael. If you so badly and you said out loud, I want to see him before I die. So why would you go ahead and do Shema when you're about to see him? Now, this is not going to be a sheer about that because there are way, way, way too many peshatim to get into. But there's an idea that wants to that I want to connect with this. I don't know if anybody knew this, but the Chassam Sofer was married to one of Rabbi Kiviger's daughters. The Khsam Sofer was originally married to a certain woman. Unfortunately, they never had children, and she passed away when the Khsam Sofer was still younger. The Rabbi Kiviger also had a daughter who had who her husband had passed away, and her second husband, the Chassam Sofer's second wife, it was, the Chassam Sofer was this daughter's second husband, etc. Unfortunately, as time went on, Rabbi Kiviger was still alive, but his daughter passed away. The wife of the Khsam Sofer passed away, the second wife. So the Chassam Sofer got remarried to his third wife. Rabbi Kiva Eger wrote a letter to the Chassam Sofer and said, I'm coming through, coming through the area of Pressburg. That's where the Chassam Sofer was, re- re- Rabbi. I'm not positive, by the way, it's Pressburg. At the time, it might have been a different city. But regardless, he said, I'm coming through Pressburg. I'd like to see my daughter right on my way in, whatever it is. right.' So they had never told Rabbi Kiva Eger that his daughter had died. Rabbi Kiviger was an older man, over eighty, and they were afraid of telling him, thinking that he might have a heart attack. Chas fashalom, so they didn't tell him whatsoever. So he never knew that his daughter passed away. So the wife of the Chassam Sofer, the third wife, said, "I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. We'll stay something else, but I don't. I, I won't be around when Rabbi Kiviger comes. When the Gavul door comes, I'll leave the house." The Chassam Sofer said, "You won't have to worry about a thing. There won't be. You won't have to worry about anything." So she said, "What do you mean?" Said, he said, "Don't do anything. You'll be fine." Okay? So Rebbe Kiv came on a Friday. came early on Friday morning or maybe late Thursday night. The guy immediately got into a discussion of what happened in Bezdin that day. Where the Rebbe Kiv and the Ksam Sofer were arguing about something that happened in Bezdin. One said this, one said that. You can imagine the Ksam Sofer and Rebbe Kiv discussing a halacha. It's probably the greatest thing you've ever seen before in your life. Just like all they look at each other and just like, Gittin, ksubis. That's all they're saying. Right? And each one of them like, what do you mean? Rashba, Ritva, Ktois, (laughs) Nesivus. That's all it was. Right? And they're just arguing with each other. It went all the way to Shabbos. They argued, they had a whole argument going all the way until they had to prepare for Shabbos. They both went to the mikvah, showered, whatever it was, they came back they went to Kabbalah Shabbos. They ate, and I guess, I'm assuming right now, that the meal happened where there were men and women separate. I didn't know the Chassam Sofer was knowing that, but he did have some, some of these types of men hugging. So either way, he didn't see. And they were still discussing and learning the whole time. They went to sleep. Early in the morning, they went to learn. They were learning all day long. A Motzah Shabbos Rebbe Kiveger had to leave. He turns and he says, Oi, I haven't seen my daughter yet. So he very quickly goes toward the kitchen and he tells the, 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 the wife of the Chassam Sofer, Right? And he says, he says, it's so good to see you. Everything should be good. Your husband's amazing. Thank you. And then he left. Didn't even say anything. Now, again, this is not a world of Zvi Zimmerman, where if I'm going to visit my daughter and my son-in-law, I'm probably going to say hello to my daughter, even if I am stuck in a sugi with my son-in-law, which I always love, okay, which would be unbelievable. I don't think that would be a real issue by me. But Rabbi Eager, his world was Tyro. Of course he loved his daughter, and of course he loved his family, and of course he wanted to see them. But he got stuck in his world of Tyro. I'm not positive what Ruf Sternbuch wants with this, but I think that the idea that he wants to bring about is, Yaakov Avinu, when he saw Yosef at Tzadik, of course he wanted to see Yosef. And of course he said it out loud. I'm going to see him before I die. But at the end of the day, I got to say Shema. And when it comes to a choice between Shema and seeing his son, he chose Shema Yisrael. And that's something that you see only by the greatest gedolim and the greatest fools. And the greatest fools. But Yaakov Avinu was not a fool. Yaakovinu was one of the greatest Sadiq of all time, and that's the idea of what he came across. Something very scary, but a crazy line. And then finally, the Bear Yosef. We'll end with this. Bear Yosef says something very beautiful. We quoted above all together, but I didn't mention up above. Yaakov understood Yosef needed his help. He said, I'm going to go help him before he dies. Does not mean I really want to see him. I'm going to appear before Yosef to give him the strength to carry on. Granted, again, he's been fine up until now. But he's been fine up until now because he's never been complacent. Now that he's sitting on the throne, there's no love to take care of. There's no hunger that they have to worry about. There's going to be 71 years of plenty and easy things going on in Mitzrayim. It's going to be 71 years of awesome stuff. No famine, no issues, no locusts, nothing happening, no real problems. Yosef's going to be sitting there... When there's boredom, things that are bad can happen. Bad things can't happen. That was not... Okay, bad things can happen. Yosef Atzadik at may have been at up until now because he's been busy. He's been busy. What's going to be when he's got all these riches and he's sitting in his, on his throne for 71 years with nothing else? Sidyak, know, he needs a little punch in the arm, a little shock to be able to keep up this Chachma, keep up this, this, this Sidkus that'll be a little, a little further. So when he said, I'm going to go and see him before I die, it's I'm going to appear before him so that Yosef can see what a Tzadik is like. And for that reason, as soon as he came in front of Yosef, he said, Shema Yisrael. You don't think I want to see you? You don't think I would... I've done anything in the world for, for me to be able to see you. Of course I want to see you. But I'm showing you Yosef at Tzadik. If you want to remain a then you've got to be thinking about a Kodesh Baruch Hu at all times. You have to be saying Shema. And Yosef, I'm sure, was shocked. He's looking at his father. He's about to hug his father, about to kiss his father for the first time. And he so badly wanted to. And he sees that Yaakov, you know, his father, is standing there saying Kriya Shema, and he understood. That's what a person needs to do. In order to become a Tzadik, then even in the most let's say, vulnerable moments, you have to remember that a Kaddish Baruch Hu runs the world and a Kaddish Baruch Hu rules the world behind it. And that's the idea of what he did. A magnificent chariot comes to greet you. A magnificent chariot with myriads of people behind it Thousands of Egyptians following because Yosef had an entourage. Why wouldn't he have had an entourage? Yosef Azadik traveling with all this entourage going around. The king coming off the chariot in order to say hello to you with tears in his eyes because he loves you so much. And you are thinking about Hakarish Baruch Hu at that moment. Of course Yaakov was also thinking about Yosef Atzadak. Of course. But you use that moment, you utilize that moment with your powerful, mo- mo- your powerful voice, your willingness to be Moser Nefesh in the most emotional moment. To give that to a Baruch Hu is such a powerful feeling. Yosef Atzadik not only learned from that, it was a visual that he kept with him at all times and kept him as a Tzadik throughout all the rest of the trials of Mitzrayim when things seemed easier. What's up, there? Right, maybe he was saying it and he it to the, that Yosef at Tzadik had achieved so much the normal like thing to do of instead of that. saying Shema would be Baruch Hashem although you should know that is the Rishonim it seems Rashi's pshat is exactly that he said Shema Yisrael as his thanks to Hashem but normally you'd say Baruch Hashem you'd say Baruch Hashem you'd say you'd say something like that Shema is weird I get it. I totally get it. It makes sense. And that is a shot of the Rishonim. This is a different shot. The different shot is that he's trying to give the strength back to Yosef to give him that. But this will be for another time. We'll continue with this some other time, guys. Have a great